Hello, welcome to Book Babes and Bubbles. Thank you for returning. I'm really excited today. We get to interview author Sloan Steele. Welcome, Sloan Shannon Schroeder. I, you know, pen name ness is always uh, really fun for me to talk to an author who has multiple pen names. But we're excited to have you here. How are you doing? I am doing very well. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here as as well. Um, and like I said, you can ask me whatever you want to ask about real name, <laughs> fake name, you know. So did you, is this a new, so you, you're, you're releasing an upcoming book under Sloan Steel. Have you, is that a new name for you? Um, or have you been writing under Shannon Schroeder for a while? Tell us a little bit about that. Um, I am Shannon Schroeder. That's my real name. That's your real name. Um, <laughs> that's my real name. Um, I, I was always, so I've published 20 plus titles as Shannon Schroeder. Um, straight contemporary romance, um, nothing, you know, just very, just focused on couples. And when I wrote this series, The Counterfeit Capers, um, my publisher, Karina Press said, Hey, how do you feel about a pen name? And prior to this, I was like, there's no way I could ever do a pen name. I can't, (laughs) I like keep like split personalities. Like even now when I'm doing interviews and stuff to talk about, you know, Shannon Schroeder books versus Sloan books. It's like, I, I feel weird talking about myself as a third person. <laughs> um, but I agreed, and, you know, and I said, I'm fine with it being a pen name, but it, there's no way I'm going to keep it a secret. Like, they, <laughs> I'm too lazy for that. I really am just way too lazy for that. And they're like, oh, no, that's fine. No problem. So um, Sloan came about purely for um, this series, because although it's still contemporary romance, they're heist romances. So... Uh, Karina has them labeled as uh, romantic suspense. And because of that, um, they wanted to be able to, you know, launch me as a debut. Um, it's a slightly different genre. So that's where the pen name came from. And question on the pen name. So I always think about this because um, uh, by day, I always tell people by day, I work in the digital marketing world. And then like by night, I write books. And I always think it's funny. And and I'm wondering if people go through the same struggle as me. So when you have two pen names, I was looking at your website and your social media channels, you have two Instagram accounts. Do you find that like ultimately maddening to have two different accounts under two different books? Or do you find it sort of fun to be able to post about two different things separately? I always find the whole social media game really interesting when it comes to authors. (laughs) Okay, well, I will start with saying I hate social media. hate it um so the instagram for shannon um that was one of those things that when you look at like it's um my handle is the same as it is on twitter because shannon schroeder's too many letters so it's like (laughs) s schroeder underscore um i grabbed it at the same time and it sat dormant for a long time um and then last year no two years ago um I had my daughter who was on Instagram all the time. I said, Hey, I'm relaunching these novellas, do some stuff. <laughs> so so I've actually never really been on Instagram as Shannon. I've I'm on Twitter cause I like Twitter, but that's not mm-hmm. really like where readers are. So I'm on Facebook for Shannon. And then when it came time for me to give Sloan Steele a presence on social media, rather than doing another Facebook page or group or anything like that I said you know what I'll do Instagram for Sloan so most of the time like that's really the only place where you find Sloan is Instagram mm-hmm. um, I like I added the name on Twitter so like my Twitter it's a Shannon Schroeder <laughs> Sloan's deal um, but that, so like that I, I keep those channels kind of separate so like Facebook is where I go for Shannon stuff 
Um, and then Instagram is where Sloan happens. So ah, that okay. makes it easy. To, yeah, to that makes it a little easier. Yeah. I, I don't mind social media as much, but I definitely find having to manage multiple accounts within one platform, like very maddening. Um, just it's like, I'm like overwhelmed immediately. <laughs> All right. And, and that's part of why I never wanted to have a pen name because I'm like, again, lazy. <laughs> like, log out of this one, log into this one. I, I oh know. my gosh. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's too much. And it's like, I, I go through these phases where I'll be like really good at the social media thing. Cause it's like, right. Necessity. Everyone's like, you gotta have it. And I'm like, I don't want to, can I just like live my life and just enjoy things? And it's like, no, you gotta have it. So I go through these like phases of like being super good and kind of into it. And then I exhaust myself and I'm like, all right, I need to hate this for like a month. <laughs> you know, you know what, um, what I've started doing for social media that has totally saved me. Um, I batch it all. So I only, yeah. I like one day a month, I sit down for a couple of hours and I just schedule the hell out of everything. And then it's a set it, forget it. And I love that. I love that. I love that so much. It's like, I, I know that I should do that and I need some time to just go ahead and do it. What tool do you use to, to schedule? Um, I just use um, the, the was it business suite on, on Facebook because oh, I can do awesome. Facebook and yeah. Instagram from that. So I do, I just, I, I you know, I, I will say that at the beginning of the year, like late December, early January, I sit down and I will give up quite a few hours, like coming up with like my themes yeah. um, for the pen name. Like what is, so I have a theme. So like every Monday on Instagram, you're going to get a quote. Um, and it's just a quote card that relates to the counterfeit capers. So I've got within that series, I've got themes of revenge and success, like being an expert at something. Um, and love and family because they're very much a found family. Mm -hmm. So I just wrote, so I, then I did all my research and I found a bunch of quotes that sounded good. And then I made all the graphics. So like, it was very time consuming back in January where I had some downtime. So now it's just literally, I sit down every month and it's just plop, 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 plop. And I, you know, set it out. Um, so I, I keep it simple. I don't even use third party anything. That's good. <laughs> That's so nice. <laughs> One place I set it all and I'm good. And just do it. And then you're like, okay, yeah. I can take a breath. I don't have to touch this for like a week to a month. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, uh, speaking of your books, and as we come out of this crazy pandemic, um, and I've been looking at your books and what you've been coming out with, and it's you've been wonderfully busy. Um, I see that you just released uh, It Takes a Thief, which is the first book of your Counterfeit Caper series. Um, and you have more books on the way. Are, are these books in the series all about the same character? Or, you know, uh, tell me a little bit about the series. I love the idea of a heist of a heist series. I'm not even going to lie to you. <laughs> You're not alone. <laughs> um, so it, it is uh, the core group of people um, that is our team. Um, so the first book really is about assembling that team. So you've got people who are excellent at what they do. So there's, you know, a hacker, a thief, uh, a forger. We've got a mastermind and a negotiator. And the mastermind and negotiator, Mia and Jared, um, they're cousins and this has been their plan that they've been kind of developing. It's been in, in the making for five years. Um, and their fathers five years ago, um, were indicted on all kinds of, uh, fraud charges for running a grand, a huge Ponzi scheme, stealing millions of dollars from people and they fled the country. Um, so they've been on the run. And it really, especially with Mia, and it was, she came up with the idea and she said, you know what, it's bad enough that they got away with it, but all of their rich friends 
all profited and nothing's ever going to happen from to mm. them. Um, so they've been kind of plotting and planning for five years. And so now it's, it's go time. And so they assemble a team and they are going to their father's friends and they're stealing works of art, replacing them with forgery, selling the real thing, using that money to anonymously repay some of the victims and then there's that bonus of when these guys finally do decide they're going to go sell something, they're going to be embarrassed because they've got a forgery that they're trying to sell. <laughs> <laughs> so lots of moving pieces. But the first book is about really you have all of these people who are used to working alone. They're, they're excellent at what they do, but they work alone. And now they're in a position where they have to work together. And so that's where that's why they're capers, because it, <laughs> Things don't always go. It's it's definitely not like in Ocean's Eleven. Look, it all worked out perfectly. See how smooth we are. <laughs> um, so there's a lot more capery, you know, things going wrong, things not doing what they're supposed to happen. Um, and then within that, I mean, that's like the the external plot piece. Um, but then each book has a separate love story. So it's a, it focuses on a separate couple. So the first book, it takes a thief is. Audrey, who is the hacker, and Jared, who is the negotiator. Um, book two, Between Two Thieves, is Nikki the Thief and her ex, who she bumps into when they're casing a, a house, and they discover that they're both after the same painting. So, oh, uh, I'm actually going to go back to your first book and say I love that the Aubrey's the main female protagonist, right, Aubrey? Uh, Audrey. Audrey, Audrey, excuse me. Um, And she's a hacker. And there is something I find super empowering about a women hacker. And I just have to ask, how did you come about this plot and all this sort of stuff? I just feel like it's really keyed in to what, you know, one, it's a kick-ass woman. And then two, she's like a hacker. So that's super cool. Um, For me, and this is like, I've said it everywhere, like that this series was inspired by the TV show Leverage. And I watched Leverage when it was like when it first aired on TNT or wherever it was. Um, it was one of the few shows like back then um, my kids were very small, but it was one of those shows that it was like, your ass is better stay in bed because <laughs> I'm watching TV now. Like that's like one of the shows that I would not miss. Um, and that it, it's a team of people you've, and I'm going to screw it up. It's there's the mastermind, the grifter, the, the hacker, the thief and the hitter. Mm-hmm. Um, and every week was an elaborate con and they were stealing things and I loved it. And so for years after I started writing, like in the back of my head, there was like, what if I could do leverage, but with all women, you know, yeah. I loved the idea <laughs> of that. Um, and so it was like, but I knew that it was like, it was like going to require like real plotting and I can't plot to save my life. <laughs> so, so I'm like so it was just a, an idea in a notebook and then um then a few years ago I saw the trailer for Ocean's 8 and I'm like but but that was I was thinking that you know um, <laughs> and so after I finished my contracts um with my other publishers I was done with Kensington my contract with Kensington and with Entangled and I'm like and I had some free time I'm like I don't know anybody anything I can just try it and so mm-hmm. I started writing it and and so it, it became this okay well yes I want them to steal and do cool things but why not just <laughs> to get rich you know so 
I'm like, well, who do you want? I mean, like, and that's one piece that I liked about leverage is that they were always going after, you know, dirty rich dudes. Um, and I'm like, and there's, you gotta like that. So, um, I'm like, okay, but why? And so once I figured out the why piece of it, Mm -hmm. then it all kind of started to fall into place. So for me, it really is like, okay, so there's Jared and he's technically on the team, but he's like the token man because I needed to have a hero for the first book, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So I I didn't want to have to like introduce another character for like, just because, you know, so, Mm -hmm. so he's on the team, but the rest of them are all women. And I love that. Like they own how good they are at what they do. That's so cool. Um, I, I love an all women team. And I think that's just like what we need more of. We need more of that right now. Definitely. Um, so you, it takes a thief is out now. That's the first book in the series. And then is your second book out when it, when, or when can we expect that out? That's called between two thieves, right? Yes. Between two thieves comes out at the end of this month on June 29th. And then the third book to catch a thief is out August 24th. So it's, every other month and then that will be the three books awesome okay so what so who are the who's book two about you said it was about the the... nikki the thief Mm -hmm. and her ex um who shows up and they discover they're after the same painting oh okay yeah so audrey is the hacker and then this one what is uh what is her big personality trait that is your favorite personality trait of your second book coming out (sighs) Nikki is my favorite. Like you're not Nikki's your favorite. <laughs> Nikki was my favorite from the first moment I wrote her in the first book. I love like, moments she, like that writing a book. She like explodes on the page and she like owns everything. It doesn't matter it's not her scene. Like she mm-hmm. owns it because she her general attitude is I don't give a fuck about anything. And that's pretty <laughs> much it. Um she she curses nonstop. She eats junk food all the time. She's always getting drunk. She gets into trouble because she is like no regard for anything. Like she just does what she wants. Um, and I just, and I love that about her and she more than anybody else is like, she will walk into a room. She's like, I'm the best there is. So I just shut up. <laughs> and that, that's very much who she is. And I, and, and uh, I had a, uh, a reviewer referred to her as a, a feral barn cat. And I'm like, yeah, she kind of is. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> a feral barn cat. That's awesome. <laughs> um, so um, you have this super strong female protagonist, and we have to ask, you know, what what about this leading man? Is is does she clash a lot? I mean, they're exes, so I assume lots of hilarious clashing. Um, there's a bit of hilarious clashing. Um, I mean, he he immediately like you know they um they didn't grow up together. Like they met when they were already like young adults, like early twenties. Um, and her father took him in and taught them both. Like her father's a con man, um, taught Wade to be a con man. Nikki was always like, she, she didn't have the patience to run a con. Like she's, she's like, you know, I'm going to walk in, I'm going to steal what I want. And I'm walking out. I don't want to play the games and be somebody else. And, but Wade's very good at that. So he's very charming because he can talk his way into anything and um, make people like him. And, he is very calm and strategic to her chaos. So they balance each other out that way. Um, And and he's very much the kind of guy who's going, like he sees what, what she needs and like, he will take care of her for that. Um, Even though she's very much like, I don't need anybody. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. 
Um, so where can we find your books? I, I can see them on Amazon. Can own people only get them on Amazon if they wanted to go and pre-order your book? They are on all um, vendors. Um, if they're not Kim- Kindle Unlimited, unless Karina just, you know, it's, it's out of my hands. Sure. Karina Press does yeah. what they want. Um, as far as I know, there's no plans for it to be in Kindle Unlimited, but you can get them on all retailers. Um, you can go to Harlequin and get it from Harlequin, Apple, Google, Kobo, Perfect. all the places. All the places. <laughs> I love that your tagline is heist with a humor and heart. How did this tagline come about? Was it inspired from that TV show? Was, you know, did you have this tagline in your heart? Um, I mean, I'm a sucker for a lot of things. One is action movies so and romance and then like and comedy. So these feel like all in my wheelhouse of enjoyment. <laughs> Um, I actually cannot take credit for the tagline. Oh. Um, that goes out to my writer pals, our Panera Supper Club group. Um, I love that. <laughs> so pre-pandemic times, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, there's a group of us. We we're all part of Chicago North Romance Writers. Um, but on Sunday nights, we would meet at Panera and, you know, we'd have dinner, we'd chat, and then we'd write. So we'd be there for, you know, three, four hours every Sunday night. Um, and so it's just, we just, we're the Panera Supper Club. <laughs> and, so, um, uh, and, and it's just like to have people who are, you know, like th- they can look at your face and say, okay, so what's going on? You're making that face. And I'm like, I'm stuck. And then they'll tell you <laughs> what to write. And it's awesome. Um, so when it came time for like, my pen name also came <laughs> from my Panera. <laughs> like I like texted the group chat, hey, I need a pen name. Um, <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and so the same thing with, um, with the tagline like I had some ideas and I wrote but it wasn't like it was kind of clunky and not really working and so when I sent it out to my friends this was my friend Julie Hamilton um who is also going to be published with Karina next year Excellent. I think I don't know if she has a date yet oh I, I, I was supposed to say that anyway um <laughs> I don't know if it's an official we'll official. keep an Oops. eye out we'll keep an eye out um, but yeah so so she came up with it and I'm like that's exactly what it is um because it's it's heist, but it's, it, it is very light. So although, like I said, Karina is marketing it, it has it labeled as romantic suspense. It, there's no violence. There's no blood. There's nobody's dying. Like the, the greatest stakes are, you know, if they get caught, they're going to go to jail, but they're too good. They're not getting caught. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk more about this reader group because I feel like people don't talk about this enough. Like I miss, I, when I lived, um, I moved in with my boyfriend right before the pandemic and I used to have like a writing group in San Diego and I don't see them uh, anymore. And I don't have writing friends up here, but like, there is nothing better than a supportive group of writing friends. I just feel like I can't wait now that we're coming out of this pandemic. I feel like there that I can't wait to do that again. There's, I think there's this group called shut up and write in my area. And I go, that's the first thing I'm going to do. That's going to be, I'm going to join a writing group. I'm going to go find those writing friends. How did you, and I have writing friends, but they all live across. I feel like the United States at this point and um, how did you meet your group of writing friends and how did you form which I love the name the Panera Supper Club I just love that (laughs) Um, well you know I'm lucky in that we we all live just outside of Chicago like just outside like I could you know be in the city in 15 minutes from my house so I mean you have to clarify because like Chicago is very big and then the, the suburbs like anybody who lives like within an hour of Chicago will be like you say where do you live oh just outside Chicago no, you don't. you're an hour away no you're not really um but we are all uh, we all met through um Chicago North um RWA chapter um awesome. so we met each other that way and 
Panera Supper Club was actually a fluke because, um, gosh, so many years ago, um, <laughs> gotta think about it. Like six, six, I'm trying to think about what book it was. I, yeah, it was about six years ago. I had, um, I was under contract for uh, a book with Kensington and in general, it takes me about three months or so to draft a book. Um, you know, like comfortably, like without Mm -hmm. like feeling stressed or anything. And so I had it slated that I was going to, you know, start it in January and I'd have it to turn in on time in March. No problem. Um, And I lost my part-time job, the one that like paid my bills. So, and I did not see it coming. It was literally like on a Friday, Hey, we're not doing this anymore. You're out of job. Um, and I was a contract worker freelance. So like there was no severance package. There was no unemployment that like I was screwed. So (laughs) yes, very much so. (laughs) So, um, I was so caught up with like scrambling to try and, you know, find some other freelance work, just to fill things in that the book, like I kept thinking, I got to start this book, I start this book, I start this book. (laughs) It wasn't really (laughs) happening. Um, and I was, I was just, it was to the point where, okay, I have to do this now. I was down, I, I had less than 10 weeks, um, to write an entire book and I had nothing written, like not a word. Um, and so I just let my friends know, look, I, I have to get out of my house because if you're in your house, then there's laundry and dishes and kids and I, I need to just focus. And so I started doing that and like, and it's not like we do have like a mix, like some, sometimes extra people are there. And so it's like an open door policy, like, Hey, we're going to be there. So <laughs> if you want to show up. Um, and so, yeah, so it was, um, I started out of desperation because I had to get out of my house to write and it just became a thing. Um, and, and so we, we have a pretty core group now that have been doing it consistently, but because we still have our chapter meetings, we're just doing them like on zoom. Um, we, we don't have separate, but you still because, have uh, them. You still have yeah. them even during the pandemic. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I, in all honesty, no, there, there are so many things in my life that would never have been written without them. <laughs> Shout out to the Panera <laughs> supper club. Yeah. <laughs> It's funny. I just want to take a moment to listeners that if you are thinking about writing and you don't know where to start, I highly recommend trying to connect with local writers or even, you know, writers far away and starting that either online or physical in-person writing club. I I feel you uh, on the like getting stuff done. I feel like the last year obviously has been utter chaos, but I think like in the beginning of my writing career, if I didn't have my like solid group of writing friends, one of them ended up being one of my editors. One of them is my plotting partner. And it's just like, it's like a lifesaver if you're looking to stay on track. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and that's what it is. I mean, I have uh, my friend Julie, she would, because um, I would write um, pretty much when my kids were a little bit younger, whenever they were at activity. So it was like, oh, there's an hour and a half of swim practice, dump them off. I'll send at McDonald's and write. Mm-hmm. And she, she was a procrastinator. She's like, could you just let me know when you're writing? So I would just send her a text. Hey, I'm writing. Are you writing? Yeah. And it would be her prompt. And she's like, so she tells everybody, yeah, you need someone to like nag you. She, she <laughs> the person. And um, it's funny because no one gets that other than other writers. I seriously have a friend who goes, Hey, in an hour, can you ask me what my word count is? And I'm like, sure. And so I literally <laughs> set an alarm on my phone. And in an hour I go, bitch, what's your word count? And she's like, yeah, right? she'll be like, yeah. And she'll be like, I scheduled social media for an hour. And I'm like, what? And she's like, okay, going now, ask me in another hour, <laughs> you know? So it's just one of those things where if as writers to writers, I, that accountability thing, even in the simplest form of just like, I need someone to yell at me. It's, yep. it's priceless. <laughs> it is. It is. And, it, and to have them. And it, like I said, 
for us, we always say, you know, if you don't know what you're doing, show up to Panera Supper Club, we'll tell you what to write. Yeah. And even if you don't take any of the suggestions, that just the ideas as they start coming out, even if they're utterly ridiculous and there's no way you could ever do it, yeah, it will spark something that will work inevitably. Every single yeah. time it will get you past that hump. So, and now actually is as, as, as crazy as it seems because so much is still kind of shut down. In a lot of ways, now's a good time if you're trying to like figure out where that group might be because so many of, of those writing groups are online and they're doing like zoom meetings. So you can mm-hmm. kind of like test them out. Like, is this the kind of, are these are the kind of people I want to hang out with. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but that's important because you got to gel. <laughs> like yeah, exactly. I've definitely gone through phases. I think I started uh, like, uh, so you said you found yours at uh, the RWA. So that's really cool. Um, I think other, I think I did meetup.com was my first write um uh, finding a writer's group. And I would say that like after, out of everything in this, when I went to that, my first and second meetup with these guys, I knew that like, I wasn't a good fit for majority, but I walked out with like two best friends. We like formed a separate group and we were like, this is what we're looking for. Cause you just, you know, you got to find those people who click and, and get your crazy essentially. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I love that. I just wanted to make sure we focus on it. Cause I feel like, um, I almost don't hear how priceless these writer groups are because a lot of them, they're just like your close group of friends and they're almost so silly. Like it's hard to explain to the normal population. Yeah. I have someone who yells at me at six o'clock every day to ask me if I've <laughs> yep. written anything. Um, so very cool. Actually I have um, my friend, uh, shout out to Elise Arden. We try to, we try to like every couple months, um, but definitely at the beginning of the year do our like complete goal setting. So it's everything from writing to strategy to strategy and everything so this is priceless I just feel like uh if you're out there trying to write a book go find some friends who also want to write a book and nag each other (laughs) and even if they're different genres and totally I mean yeah like you like we've got you know historical I mean we're all romance writers but you know there's there's paranormal and there's some women's fiction and and yeah it's just it's all over the place because even when you've got the people who are like you understand the the overall romance and what it's supposed to be um but when they're coming at it from other ways and and they're all good for different things you know you know you need more description and somebody else is like no you need more of this so it's it's just it's good and it's It's totally good I uh my close writing friend she writes paranormal and not even like romance more like you know YA stuff but she's writing her first like super romancy novel and she's like dude can you please read my sex scene (laughs) never I've never written such detail before or she'll ask me crazy words she's I think just the other day she was like are there many words in romance novels that they use for the word nipple and I'm like I'm at work right now But let me tell you, <laughs> so it's just even that like play is always just so funny to me. And uh, it's it's just so great. It's even highlights to my regular work day. I was like, uh, yeah, let me tell you the breakdown of the word nipple. <laughs> so uh, very, very fun. Um, so you write. I noted that you are also an English teacher and you're a mom. And I just have a very important question, which is how do you stay sane? <laughs> Especially um, in the past year. And you write know so what? many books. And write so many books. You write books, you said, in about three months comfortably. Well, right? okay. Finishing a draft. In, in general, I will. Yes. The, the last, you know. You're my hero. And I half. also want to throw that in there. <laughs> <laughs> the last year and a half has been slower. Um, but part of that was an intentional stepping back for me. Like, before the pandemic, um, I had, like, the first book of the Counterfeit Capers 
written. I was getting ready to start the second one. Um, my agent had shopped it. It didn't go anywhere. I, we got a lot of, you know, editors saying, I really like this, but we don't know what to do with it because it's not regular, just straight romance, but it's not really romantic suspense. And so pass. Um, so I was on, on course to just self-publish it. That was kind of like my plan. And in January of 2020, I just had this thought, like, what if I, and, and I was like, I was thinking I was going to write all three of them and, you know, release them later that year and move on. And then I was like, but what if I didn't, what if I just took a step back and really created like a plan, like to figure out the business end of writing. So 2020, I didn't release anything new other than a short story in a charity anthology. So I was writing, but I had nothing new coming out. Um, and I really did focus on like the back end business, like learning how to do things like batch my social media <laughs> so I could do it consistently. <laughs> um, so, I, so, so I stepped back and so the writing slowed down because I was doing a lot more of that, like figuring that piece out. Um, and then part of what I wanted to do was, you know, I knew that I wanted to write some more Shannon Schroeder books. Um, and I wanted to kind of go back to the same world that my first two series are in, which is like a Northwest side Chicago neighborhood these really big Irish American families and like so my first two series are these two really big families each sibling gets a book and I wanted to do another family um and just trying to figure out like how do I make this all happen and then I saw a call from Karina um Deb Nemeth who was my editor there specifically asking for heist romances and so I said told my agent like hmm do that send it to her and see what <laughs> they say because then yeah. that's one thing off my plate. Like I didn't have to find it, you know, I didn't have to deal with covers and editing and, and things like that if they were going to handle that piece and I can focus on other things. So, um, I was, so I, I got those books done. So like book one was already done. And then, so during the pandemic, I wrote book two and three. Um, and I'm still in the middle of my, my new Doyle's book for Shannon Schroeder that it's very slow going very very slow um no but so, you're still writing and you, longer and than you're, three months <laughs> still still you're writing and um I'm like in this mode where I'm like don't guilt yourself and I'm doing a lot worse than you Shannon <laughs> writing. and I'm like don't be mean to yourself don't be mean to yourself um but I think you're still getting a lot done I mean how, I mean even if you are researching the business part I mean, part it's still super important and it's like okay I'm gonna sit down and do this I'm gonna sit down and do this you're still doing better than me and I don't have children so. oh well my children my, my children are mostly grown like the, oh, okay. my young my youngest is 16 um but I will say like so yes I am a teacher and I mean I have I don't have one full-time job I have like four part-time jobs, which sounds really crazy chaotic. <laughs> um, but it worked for me because I have flexibility then where I can, you know, do some work, drop, you know, drop it, you know, to, to take kids here or there. Um, cause I'm still very much a chauffeur. Um, you know, and, and because I've been writing since they were little and I taught myself to like, when, the, when you have free time, like swim lessons, dance lessons, taekwondo, like that's when you write. Um, and so I still very much kind of do that. So I've had to like shift my routines. Um, like when that happens, like I will never be one of those 5am, I'm going to get up early and write. I, I, no, I can't. I've um, tried. I've tried to be that person. I wish. I, 
I, well, I'm not a morning person, so that would happen <laughs> anyway. Um, but, but, you know, to figure out like, what is that block of time? Cause it's typically for me, it was always in the evenings because that's when my kids were doing extracurriculars. Um, so some of that has shifted and sometimes it's in the afternoon and I tend to get a lot of words in over the weekends because I don't do a lot of like day job stuff then. Um, so it's a lot of juggling, but for me that like that works because that's what my personality, like if you give me you know, 52 million things to do. Mm-hmm. I am like super efficient. I'm like, get all 52 million done. You give me four things. And I'm like, yeah, I got time. Whatever. <laughs> like, <laughs> is that like, funny how it works out? Like, <laughs> like all systems gone, no routine or schedule. So I do better if I'm super busy. Um, so yeah, it, it, it seems like a lot, but to me, it doesn't feel like a lot. Cause I like that feeling of busyness. I definitely, I feel you on the, like the enjoyment of feeling busy. Um, I am so bad at relaxing. I always joke that like, I'm the worst at relaxing. Like my relaxing is like sitting for five minutes and I'm like, okay, I have my to-do list because I actually find my to-do list somewhat relaxing, which may be the most type A thing I've ever did out loud. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a bit much. Yeah. Like like I do, I do relax. I do have downtime. Like for me, I watch a lot of TV, a lot. And so like, that's my evenings. But like, when I think in terms of like, like I said, my youngest is 16. So they're getting to the point where like, they they need me less and less. So it's like, I, like, I can't even envision my life. Like, what do I do with all that time that I chauffeur? (laughs) Like, I can't, like, I can't really wrap my head around them. People talk about retiring. I mean, I have a ways to go. I'm not quite there yet. But I'm like, I I don't know what that, like, you retire and what do you do? (laughs) Like, I can't, I cannot even imagine this. So like, for me, there is no concept of retiring. I'm like, no, I'll be doing something. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like when I think about retirement, I go, well, I'm still going to write books. Like, right. that's not going to go away. Exactly. <laughs> if nothing else, I'm going to be writing books. Exactly. <laughs> so with everything that's going on and the, the love to stay busy, do you have any tools that you swear by or that help you stay focused? You said you write on weekends. Are there any, like, uh, I, I know that I have a couple of favorite online tools or assistants, you know, and you have the writing group, which definitely has got to be the number one uh, tool, I imagine, to oh, keep you on track. Yeah. Um, yeah. But any other favorite things, or maybe, like, your key is headphones or something. Who knows? Um, for me, um, it really is, like, and, and like I said, my schedule will shift, um, but to have a, kind of, like, a set time, like, this is when I'm going to write. Um, this is when I'm going to get things done. So like, I have a big giant calendar. I'm, I'm like, because I've been focusing on business, I've been trying different things out. Um, so I have a big giant, like laminated calendar, like for a whole year on my wall that, so I can Mm -hmm. put in dates, like when I've got different promotions going on so I can track them and, um, kind of like word count go gold, um, which it erases. So I can always move things and that's fine. Um, (laughs) But like when I'm going to set up my newsletters, when I have to, you know, set aside time for, you know, patching that social media. Um, But other than that, like I am very um, simple in what I do. Like I just write my books in Microsoft Word. Um, I'm a linear writer. So I start at page one and I just keep going. Like I know a lot of people like use Scrivener and things like that. And like to me, again, lazy. Like I would have to learn something new. <laughs> I, I don't think that's laziness because I've definitely tried writing out of order where I'm like, I, you know what? Even though I'm on chapter three, chapter 12 is like in my head, but then I will write chapter 12 and I'll like become suddenly uninterested in writing the in-between. And I go, ne- I tell myself, never do that again. 
never do that again. <laughs> yeah, like all all the bells and whistles of all the different kinds of things. Like I mean, I will say that I, before I write a book, and part of what's gotten me to the point where I can, you know, usually <laughs> draft a book in three months, um, is that I spend a lot of time pre-writing. Um, and it's not even really writing. Like I don't outline and I don't set out plot. Like I'll make a list of like, if it, as scenes occur to me, like that I think will happen in the book, I'll write them down. Maybe they will, maybe they won't happen. Um, but like the first thing I do once I have characters in my head and they have names, um, like I create a playlist for a book and I will create like a collage with like, you know, actors or models, like for placeholders. And I, it's up on my bulletin board. And so then I will spend literally weeks listening to that, playlist like nonstop makes my family crazy like my kids and get in the car and they're like oh again and I'm like yes again I haven't started writing it and I listen to it so much that it becomes background music so mm -hmm. that when I am ready to write it's still playing but like I'm not singing along and I'm not distracted by it um because it it really connects me to that book and the, so I listen to the music while I'm writing and it keeps it that alone helps keep me focused um and I usually try to write in about hour chunk times I mean, sometimes an hour and a half if I have that but pretty much anything more than that I'm and I'm just wasting time because I know that like that's my word that, that that's my output like I can go away for a few hours and then come back for another hour but mm -hmm. I can't just say I'm gonna write for five hours straight because in general <laughs> yeah. not happening um that's <laughs> me just screwing around at that point um so yeah so that's so I don't have lots of different tools and things it really is for me having that playlist knowing who my characters are and then just sitting down and looking at that ugly blank page yeah <laughs> I I love that you create a playlist before you write so is this playlist like it just screams the personality of the characters the world that you're setting in I just I think I it's weird it's so funny that I haven't heard anyone create a playlist before I almost feel like it's after you finish a book people create a playlist because they're so they, they know it to a T the world but I love that you write it before and you're like I'm in it um I, I will say like the first time I did it was for the third book I ever had published which is the third book in my O'Leary series it was the easiest book I ever wrote that playlist is trash <laughs> like, it was my first time doing it I realized that, like I, I like I look at that playlist now and I've got like um oh she, I've got like three or four songs by the same dude who the hell is it I can't remember I'd have to go look <laughs> um like it just it's not good um but it's one of those things that as I've gotten better at it part of what makes it better is that I spend a lot of time like hours and hours kind of wading through different songs and like and and I, there's probably a better way to do it but like I will like just google songs about because <laughs> <You know? laughs> like I know um even when I'm starting a new series I kind of know the feel of what I'm going for mm -hmm. um and who that that character those characters are um and so sometimes I'll create a playlist and then by the time I'm done writing the book some of those songs may not fit anymore and that's okay. Like, I don't care. Um, because they, they kind of just set the stage for me, um, mm -hmm. for the mood of the book, for who the characters are, um, for some of the themes or the tropes that I'm working with. Um, and so it's always there. And I will tell you that it always comes in very handy when you, you know, when you write a book and then sometimes you'll step away from it for a couple of months while it's, you know, with an editor, you know, beta readers, 
And then you have to dive back into it. In the meantime, you might've been writing something else. And so for me, as soon as I put in that playlist, I'm back in that world with those characters. It's like, it, it's an unconscious trigger that brings me right back there. So I, it, it works really well, even if the so songs don't always match, but I would say on any given playlist, there's, I don't think it's ever happened that there have been more than like one or two songs that I was like, eh, it doesn't really fit anymore. Mm-hmm. I, it, I, I shoot for like 10 to 12 songs. For, so I have like 45 minutes of, of music that I listen to on shuffle. Uh-huh. Um, and so usually I, at this point, I, I, I come pretty close to getting it right with most of the songs. That's pretty cool. I love that. I'm, I might have to try that. I'm not going to lie to you, Shannon. I might, might spend a good week that I should be writing <laughs> fine, <laughs> and hopefully I am so inspired that I finish. I have a book right now that I'm like 80% done with. And I am just struggling with this last 20% and I just need to sit down and write it. Like that is kind of the mode I'm in, but it's now oh, summer and the I pandemic's ending. And I'm like, <laughs> ah, and I keep telling my, my writing friends are like really hard on me about it. They're like, dude, you have 80% of this book. Like sit down, stop. No, Alex, don't, don't go camping. Don't go on a road trip. Stay, stay. <laughs> like, you know. Uh, so I might have to create this playlist and sit down. You're inspiring me. Well, I hope it works for you. <laughs> Thanks, me too. <laughs> so as all this writing advice and, and everything that you do, if you could give any advice to any aspiring uh, authors out there, I know we kind of talked about, uh, you know, creating a, um, a writing group, you know, what would be the number one piece of advice that you would give to um, someone who is going, I want to write that book, um, but I don't know where to start. Um. <sighs> Absolutely. A writing group is in a a writing group in in your general genre. Like if you're writing romance, find romance writers because you don't want to be with other people. (laughs) They they will just (laughs) be mean to you and look down on you. Mm -hmm. Um, Like romance writers get it. And the thing is that with romance writers, like if you're writing mystery, you can still go hang out with the romance writers because we like don't care. Um, But it doesn't work the other way. So, Mm -hmm. um, absolutely if you can find like a group of people um to to work with because you will learn even just sitting there like for me when I joined RWA I only joined the national organization because I wanted to join the local group um and I had already written a book like I vomited out all these words and it was a mess and it's ugly and nobody will ever see this book. It's so bad. (laughs) Um but I joined this group and all of a sudden I was sitting in a room full published authors, newbie authors, and you just learn so much just from sitting and listening, you know, mm-hmm. um, and workshops and things like that. But ultimately like the best piece of advice, um, I could give anybody outside of finding other people to hang out with. Cause it's fun. Um, <laughs> is to figure out what your process is, what works for you and just let it be like, mm-hmm. cause there's always, there's always writing advice everybody you got to do this you got to do that you got to do that um and no you really don't (laughs) do what works for you and for some people that means writing every single day for some people it's like you know what I write the last two weekends of the month and I write all my words in those and that you know whatever works for you however you approach the book and as a new writer it takes time to figure that out so Mm -hmm. try different things and figure out what feels right to you because I try. I tried to plot. I took every workshop, <laughs> every every conference I could do. I'm gonna learn how to plot. 
And I, I took workshops where I actually did. I plotted out an entire book. That book has never been written. Um, <laughs> it's, it's just not who I am. Um, and, and once I, and that's okay. That, yeah, exactly. Totally once I okay. accepted it now, it like, it's a lot easier. Um, so yeah, like listen to other people, listen to the advice, um, take the parts that make sense and throw the rest out. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. It's so true. Just trust your own process. Definitely. Uh, so we're coming to the end a little bit here and I always like to do kind of a quick five question breakdown, um, of some of your favorite things and what you've been doing. And, uh, I'm just going to jump right in. I know this was the toughest question, uh, but favorite book and why? Yeah. See, I don't know. Like, do you ever have a romance reader who's like, yeah, I have a favorite book. You know, what's funny. I used to have the question. It would be what, who's your favorite author? And they would usually know. And then I would be like, well, who's your, what's your favorite book? And it would be, I would felt really dumb because it was of course a book by that author. And that's normally how that went. And then we ended up getting on a tangent, but it's, it's always, <laughs> but it's usually what they've most recently read. They're like, well, I most recently read this book, you know, a book a couple months ago that blew my mind. And I, this is currently my favorite. <laughs> yeah. And, and I don't know that I, really have like a true favorite um I mean one of my and I don't know even know that it that it's really held up I mean I think it's held up okay but Bet Me by Jennifer Cruzy um was one that I I picked up and read when I wanted to learn more about contemporary romance because up until Mm -hmm. then I I read romantic suspense I did some paranormal but straight contemporary I I Mm -hmm. wasn't real familiar with so I like devoured her her backlist um so bet me is probably up there um my little uh in into romance was the return of Rafe McCade by Nora Roberts um so okay that that one's a good one and I love JD Robb like all the Mm in-depth books which is also Nora Roberts um but yeah oh is that Nora Roberts as well yeah, that's that's her pen name. Oh, I mean, it's okay. open secret now. Which I, you know, forever ago, I I think it really was a secret, but everybody knows it's her now. Um, uh-huh, okay. But yeah, there's there's a lot. Like, I mean, there are so many books that like I see something by an author, and and of course, then I have like author friends that mm. you know, like Kate Meter writes you know hockey romance, and so whenever she's got a new one, I'm like, click, yes, I yeah. want that. <laughs> you know, so that, that's one of the perks of being an author and like knowing other authors is that, you know, you oh, get yeah. lots of books. So, Definitely. yeah. And I love those books. You kind of touched on it too. The the books that introduce you to a genre and you're like, huh, I think I really like this. I'm going to go read more of it. That's how, um, what was it? Way back. It was like SC Stevens thoughtless. I had never read like a new adult novel and I didn't even know that was a thing. I had no idea. And I read it and I was like, I love this. I didn't know this existed before. And I want so much more. Of yeah, this but- genre. That was me in romance because, and it, it, totally. every time, every time somebody asks me about like, when did you start reading? I'm like, I was an English major. I read literature. <laughs> I did not read romance. Um, and, and cause my idea of romance was like the old school bodice rippers, the very short Harlequins mm-hmm. and, um, and that book by Nora Roberts, like, yeah, I, I, it's so ridiculous and people laugh now. So I'm like, yeah. So I bought this book and I'm like, oh, I really like this. Let me go see if this author has other things. Yeah. And she's got like the whole wall. 
I felt like romance was this aha moment for me. Like I didn't, I mean, I knew like in the same sense where I knew bodice rippers like existed and I knew historical wasn't kind of ever going to be my thing. Now I have, now I kind of get it. Like now I could totally read one, but back then I was like, uh, like that was the only thing that existed for romance. And I think it was S.E. Stevens. And then I also read Cora Carmack's uh, losing it, which was also really Mm -hmm. funny. And I couldn't, I was like, romance can be like this. It could be like this. Yes. That, that okay. was exactly it for me is that, you know, that, that when I really, you know, because I re- read the book not knowing that it was like marked romance. Um, and then it was like, wow. Yeah. This is not what I thought romance was. Exactly. You know, it was giving me all those things that I would look for in some other books when I was reading. Like I read exactly. like, you know, thrillers and suspense and, and, and I always liked that kind of like that happy ending for, you know, the characters. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. So it's like, then I'm like, wow, <laughs> it's all of them. <laughs> yeah, I totally feel that. Uh, next question. Is there a show you can't stop watching or already binged or let's say even watch multiple times? Okay, so Leverage. And I talked about that before mm-hmm. as my inspiration. But Leverage is getting a reboot. Oh. Starts in January. If you have Amazon Prime, it's on IMDb TV. It'll be free mm-hmm. if you have Amazon Prime. So I, I should like be a spokesperson because I say this like every time. Every time. Wait, but leverage is coming back. It's awesome. Um, but if you like heists um, and you have Netflix, um, Lupin is, okay, it is a French show. So you can either do it with closed captioning, which I can't do because I don't like to read TV, but it, it is dubbed in English. The dubbing is not great. Like the voices aren't great, but just watch the full first episode. Um, and you'll be hooked because I turned it off the first time, just like five minutes too short. And then I went back to watch it and I was like, oh my gosh, why did I turn this off? Um, <laughs> so the first five episodes are already up and the, the second part, because it ends on a cliffhanger, which I did not know when I started watching it. <laughs> um, the next five episodes, this like the second half of it are, is coming out soon, like sometime this month. Um, and Hustle is also on uh, Amazon Prime, which is like a British kind of leverage. They're all grifters. So there's a, they do long cons every single week. Um, so yeah, I, I could like, you better stop now because I talk TV all day. Like I watch a lot of TV. <laughs> okay, noted. I've never heard of leverage before, but I will not turn down heist. Uh, and I will stuff. tell you that the number of people, like I didn't realize that there is a huge section of romance landia who are all leverage fans oh funny so so there's a lot of overlap there huh noted (laughs) we'll go find (laughs) uh what is the last book you read um i'm actually reading a jd robb book right now from the in death um i have no idea what number it is it was one like i had a paperback i read it and then i was like oh wait i've got another one on the kindle so you could read them out of order because they're police procedurals um so I'm in the middle of that, and it's JD Robb, so that's really good. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, and I'm trying to think who else have I read. Um, I read a Kate Meter book, hockey book, um, and I, I do read a lot, but I'm really bad at remembering titles and stuff. That part's bad. Um, Rebecca Zanetti um, has a. Um, I, she's a a lawyer it's the the series albertini as the girls is the character's name um but if you look at rebecca's zanetti um she's got a series and it's it's very light and fun so if you like like the stephanie plum the janet ivanovich books it's got the same kind of feel to it um but she's a lawyer not a bounty hunter (laughs) 
okay. it is, it's, it's still, it's kind of light. You've got some romantic suspense there, but it was, it's a lot of fun. Okay, cool. Noted. Um, I, I definitely love Stephanie Plum books. Um, and lastly, I guess we kind of talked about this. Do you listen to music while you write? What's your current, what is your current jam right now? Um, the playlist that I have, for the book that is just like I suck at titles so they don't get titles like the, the hero's name is Ronan so that's what the document's called in my book that's the playlist it's currently called um but it's he's a bad boy she's a very good girl like they grew up in the same Chicago neighborhood um so I've got a lot of like songs like that like you know like I'm in love with a monster he's not really a monster um he's just you know he's got a bad reputation his you know his family's a bit of a mess um and she comes from like the good catholic family across the street. So, <laughs> oh so there's a lot of that like the opposites attract like can you give us a song on this playlist um i could if i went and looked at it if you give me one <laughs> second i can like I, I i i'm serious like i'm so bad at remembering the titles of everything um <laughs> It's so I funny. Really... Everyone will like sing a song. Like I will not know the name. I'll be like, I know the song. And they'll like, what's the name of it? And I'm like, I don't know the name of it, but I know the song. And they're like, then you don't know the song. I'm like, how can you even say that? <laughs> see, that's, see, I agree, I agree with you. You totally know. Cause I'm like, I know what's on it. I've listened to the, you know, the stupid playlist forever. Um, so I've got walk me home by pink. I've got mm-hmm. paying my way by dropkick Murphy's because that both families, okay. like this neighborhood is very Irish. So I I, a that. lot of times I will have some dropkick Murphy's on there or some other Irish band um Darius Rucker's if I told you so I like I kind of go across genres so it's not like you know I've got over by Blake Shelton I've got halo by Beyonce so I'm literally all over the place um <laughs> I might have to I'm not gonna lie to you I might have to close out this episode with uh just the beginning of a dropkick Murphy song because I have not listened to them in forever and I miss them <laughs> oh I, I I love the dropkick Murphy's and um my kids as much as they complain about my playlists um, and Dropkick Murphys, the first time they heard him was for um, my second series with Kensington, the For Your Love series. Um, and I had uh, Rose Tattoo, and they get, it was so bad that even my son, who was at the time was probably a high school freshman, he would like, the song wasn't even on, and he'd be singing the song because it'd get so stuck in their heads, like they were always singing it. <laughs> but now they're like, when are you going to go back to the Irish families? Because I could do some, I, I could do some Dropkick Murphys now. <laughs> Like, oh, thanks. You happen to say that? I've got some right here. Right, exactly. Uh, Well, I feel, let's give it one more chance to pitch your next project um, and what you'd like listeners to know about and where they can find you. Um, Well, my current project, S. Sloan Steel, is The Counterfeit Capers. Um, All three books, book one is currently out, It Takes a Thief. Um, Book two, Between Two Thieves is out at the end of this month and then to catch a thief is out in august um technically that wraps up the trilogy but i'm thinking that my forger london should be getting a story so my plan hopefully if i get off my butt and write (laughs) um um, i i I, my my hope is to get a christmas novella out that would be her story um to kind of really wrap up the counterfeit capers um and all of that heisty goodness awesome well, Shannon, thank you so much for joining. It's been a pleasure talking to you and, and learning all about your books and getting the word out. Well, thank you very much for having us. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm going to have to cue that Dropkick Murphy song. <laughs> song. <laughs> 
All right. Well, if you're ever releasing another book, definitely come back on the podcast. We'd love to talk more. Absolutely. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks, Shannon. Thanks. Thanks.